Welcome to Monster Crush, the podcast for monster lovers. Each week we discuss some of the hottest cryptids, monsters, and paranormal entities the world has to offer. Along the way we make fun of ourselves, learn completely useless information, and discover our monster crush. Will your favourite monster make it to a second date? morning time it is which is a time we never normally see <sighs> well to be fair it's it's like a proper like normal time in the morning as well it's not like it's 6 a.m i don't think 10 a.m is a normal time well it is because you know people who have like real jobs and stuff have been at work for like an hour and a half not people who have real jobs that is language that's no, I been said cultivated by morning people people who have morning jobs what I mean is people who are unfortunate enough to have 9 to 5s is that better? exactly thank right. you Yeah, that's thank what you. I meant let's stop using this anti-night owl language oh okay I, you know what I'm, I'm so glad that you've been able to educate me yeah um, As someone who regularly goes to bed at 4am, yeah, I'm tired. What is wrong with you? Like, the moment I wake up, I'm like, I cannot wait to get back into my bed. I feel the same way, but I usually wake up at, like, noon, so. Yeah, but I do too. Yeah. But then I just go to bed, like, 12 hours later, and I'm like, hee hee hee, snuggles. <laughs> because, you know, being awake, uh, it's, uh, it's pointless. It sucks. Let's go to the dreamland, where I, where, I, where I dream that I've adopted your cat, and she just stares and screams at me in a human screaming voice. Because <laughs> that's not terrifying. That's what she does in real life. Oh, I know. Yeah. I watched a show uh, about cat shows last night on Netflix. Yeah. And so I decided to um, present Manoush to Dalton as if she were entering a cat competition. What, what, what was your... What was your... Uh... Um, well, in the, in the cat competition, they do things like face shape, you know, and like ear and like grooming, but Manoush doesn't have any of those things because she's just a common mutt. <laughs> Manoush doesn't have a face shape or ears or grooming. You can't really understand her shape, you know, it's always changing. So I did one, I did one on belly pooch. She had a mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 belly pooch. Um, I did one on kissability, and she had a 10 out of 10 kissability. Debatable. Um, and then she hissed at me, and she got a 10 out of 10 out of hissing at the judge. <laughs> and I, like, picked her up in the air and, like, tried to elongate her. And <laughs> I bet she was so fucking she unhappy was, with you. She was, she was pretty mad, but she did win her, um, her ring, so. Yeah, I mean, of course. She's so. the queen. I mean, that was nice. And then I sent you a picture of that one cat. Yeah. What? So why is that cat so big and ugly? First of all, she's beautiful. Her name is Ulala. If you haven't watched the cat show thingy on Netflix, I highly recommend it. Only so you can experience for the first time what Ulala looks like. Because it is perhaps the most fantastic cat shape I've ever seen. <laughs> The cat has got good cat shape. It's a great shape. Yeah. You know, like how wine has mouth feel. You know, cat. It's got good cat shape. It's velvety on the pleasure. That cat is (laughs) fluffy on the touch. Maybe we should contextualize that comment. That we went out to a restaurant and I think the, um, the descriptions of the wine was translated poorly. They were very mysterious wines. Yes, like one, the one that just stopped mid-sentence. That just stopped mid-sentence. It told me that it was going to transport me to, and then it just stopped. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I didn't order that wine because I was afraid. Yeah. Like, where would I go? Yeah. What if it was someplace awful? Well, I mean, obviously it's anywhere that you could imagine. Well, that's true. 
Because it's luxurious. And that, um, it's luxurious on the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. On the velvet. Yeah. Well, no, I got the one that had the good mouthfeel. And I ha- I have to say I disagreed. I didn't think the mouthfeel was sublime. No. I just drank beer because I'm a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> I like to drink mystery, mystery wine. Okay, so what have you got for me today, Heavenly? Well... Law mistress... Mistress of the cryptids. So, you know... Ow. Are you okay? (laughs) Why did you say ow? I don't know, because it looked like it should have hurt. (laughs) Um, I'm very empathetic. Thank you. I could never never be a psychopath. I appreciate it. Uh, Because I see, like, a child crying on the U-Bahn, and I'm like, I I know, mm -hmm. it's so hard. (laughs) It is hard. It is hard. It is hard to be a child. Um, So I like to do themes for all of our, our... polls yes um and this week's theme was was the classification of life you know vegetable mineral animal other mm-hmm. you know this is a classic what are you are you are you an animal vegetable mineral or are you other and everyone chose vegetable mm-hmm. and i can't say that i'm surprised <laughs> or disappointed and I think it's because people think that there aren't any vegetable cryptids, and they thought they were stumping me, but I just want to let you know that I know everything, and I have a cryptid for everything. So, fuck all of you who thought you were going to trick me. That's all I have to say about that. I love all of you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, <clears throat> vegetables, shall, yes. Shall we begin? Yeah, I... I Honest to God, I have no idea what to expect, so... Some people think I'm going to take the easy route, and I'm going to do crop circles. Oh. But you're wrong. Oh. I'm not going to do crop circles. Well, I mean, are crop circles in themselves a cryptid? I don't think But I like guess it would be are. the alien. Well, it would yeah. be the alien that creates the... Yeah. Like a farm-based cryptid. Yeah. A farm-based cryptid. Like the alien from Signs. I've never seen Signs. It's quite a weird movie. It takes place on a farm. Well, yeah. Don't all the best alien movies? I don't know. I literally haven't seen any in my life. I don't think I've even seen Alien. You haven't seen Alien? No. Oh! We have to do that for another special episode then. Okay. That movie is so great. I I would personally like to thank Sigourney Weaver, who I know is listening, <laughs> for wearing a tank top and being sweaty. Um, it's one of my favorite looks for women. It really, really <laughs> is. The amount of time we spend talking about dirty, sweaty, tank top wearing women. It's just such a good look. It's all, It always looks good. Right. You know, when I see a dirty, a dirty man sweating in a tank top, it's like sometimes it looks good, but other a lot of time I'm just like... What have you been doing? Mm-hmm. Is it bad? Have you been doing bad things? Mm-hmm. But give me a woman in a tank top. And then it's like, what have you been glistening? doing? And it's have like, you been doing bad things? Yeah, exactly. See, it's the difference. Especially because they're always, they always have giant guns. Yeah. Huge guns. And muscles. And both types of guns. Yeah, exactly. And they're always running. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a good, such a good trope. And I hope it never dies. Mm-mm. Shout out to Captain Janeway. And oh, Yeah. And Ripley, my two tank top babes. Bachelor number one. Hello. Oh, wait, no, we're not doing that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That will make no sense to you because this is going to come up. This is going to come out before that joke makes sense. (laughs) It's 1968. 
Oh. And we're in West Virginia. Of course we are. Hunter Jennings Frederick is on a hunt in the backwood when he hears a strange, high-pitched sound. Curious? He -hmm. seeks the sound out, unaware that he would stumble upon something horrifying. What he found was a seven-foot-tall humanoid with a skeletal frame and stock-like arms with fingers that looked like thorns and also had suction cups on them. What? Thorns and suction cups. Now that is a look. (laughs) The creature was green Uh and looked like a plant. Uh And after Frederick's shock wore off, he realized he could understand what the creature was saying. The creature said, you need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as a friend. We know of you all. I come in peace. I wish medical assistance. I need your help. What? Mm-hmm. The fuck? Frederick was stunned. What? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. But I-, I love how it's like his shock wore off. He's like, oh, wow, the thorns and the suction cups. Oh, oh, wait, no, it's all good, man. Oh, oh I can understand you. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've oh, been now shocked. It's like, dude. Shocked a second time. The creature reached out and wrapped its tendril arms around him, and the thorns on his fingers pierced his skin, drawing blood. Uh-huh. Frederick reported that he felt no pain and felt hypnotized as he stared into the creature's strange yellow and red eyes. This is basically like an alien dryad. Yes. It's really cool. Yeah. And terrifying. And I'm gonna have nightmares. Thank you once again, Heavenly. After a few minutes of sucking his blood, the creature let him go and ran away. Okay, bye. 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 Call call me. (laughs) Frederick wouldn't speak about the encounter for several months, but he eventually related it to Gary Barker, who is a paranormal researcher, and then it was later published in a book. There have been no other sightings of the creature that attacked Frederick. I'm, I'm genuinely speechless. What? Can you describe what you looked like again? Because I really just, yeah. I really just zoned in on that like suction cups suction, and yeah. thorns. So he was over seven feet tall. Okay, very very tall. I like very tall very boy. thin. Okay, with like a skeletal frame. Yeah. So he and his arms looked like stalks, like a stalk of a plant, because he was green. So yeah. he almost looked like a plant. His his arms were almost like tendrils, mm-hmm. and then he had fingers that were long. And looked like thorns, so I imagine the fingers were sharp. Yeah. And then, at, at now here's the question: Is it the suction cup is balanced on the tip of the thorn? I can't. Or no. is it around, and then the the thorn is piercing out of the suction cup? Now I imagined that there would be like a thorn like this, and then it would have like little suction cups uh, like this, like, like an octopus arm. Yeah. Mm. But like, so it's like a thorny octopus tree man. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so you could you could like suction onto someone, and I don't know, only engage a number of your suction cups, and then you can you but know. But not. Like, stab. But, but he said he sucked his blood, so the thorns have to be within easy reach. Yeah, I guess if if you grab him like this yeah. and your fingers are like digging into him yeah, right. while you're grasping him. Yeah, because you could like, you can like grasp like this and yeah. then like these can go in this way and these can go in this way, right. you know? Like, and our audience knows exactly what we're talking about. Oh, right yeah. Now. We're making lots of hand movements. We're right trying now. out all the different grasping techniques. Yeah. But, okay, 1968, okay. Mm-hmm. He's a hunter, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Is he an alcoholic? Does he have a recent head injury? It doesn't say. Doesn't say. No, I don't mean to be sceptical. He was also hunting with a bow. He was a bow hunter, which means he's very hardcore. Yeah. Okay. So he's like Daryl in The Walking Dead. He's a. It is Daryl. Yeah, it's Daryl from The Walking Dead. Okay. Well, can I can I date him? No. No. You can't date the lovable racist from The Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm racist, but I'm kind of sassy. But he has a nice character arc. He does. You he know, because like when someone else is like says something about what was the guy called the korean guy glenn yeah when someone's like says like go back to china or something terrible he's like tell him to go back to korea you idiot and he's like he's korean and i'm like yes daryl you had a moment of personal growth yeah that was such a good show until it got terrible until they killed shane i stopped watching when they killed uh when they killed shane yeah that's because john bernthal is if he's not if he's not in I don't, I almost, I've gotten to a point where I don't watch media if he's not in it. Well, then you don't watch much media, do you? Uh, or, or, or I like to imagine that he's in it. I'm like, where would John Bernthal fit in all this? What character would John Bernthal play in a Star Trek universe? Because he definitely would not be Starfleet. No, he wouldn't be Starfleet. And I wouldn't want him to be either. I think he's mere universe Terran. <laughs> And we all know what happens in the mirror universe. <laughs> you know the mirror universe is the, the horniest of universe. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, okay, okay. I'm okay. sorry. <clears throat> bachelor number two. I'm sad that that was all about bachelor number one. I know, there wasn't a lot of information about but, um, him. But so, so like, it spoke English and then was like, I need your help. It was making like a high pitch sound and then after a, a while, after he'd kind of been staring at it, he realized he could understand it. So whether the creature had was like working on some live translation, yeah, or whether or not eventually the I don't know maybe the sound he was emanating was some type of like hypnotic wave, and right. once he was under the thrall, he was able to understand. understand yeah, that's interesting. I, like I thought that. it was kind of creepy that he said, "We know of you all." Yeah, that is creepy. I literally just got a shiver. Stop it! It's the way that you said it and looked at me as well. <laughs> Okay. okay, bachelor number two. So yeah. we're also traveling back in time, but a little bit more back in time, to a bit of shared history between you and I. Ooh! Yeah, it's the Revolutionary War. Oh, yay. And General Wait Washington- a minute, who won? Mm. <laughs> and General Washington's army is leading an attack in New York at the Battle of White Plains. Okay. The British put up a pretty good fight in Washington's army retreats, but not before they shoot off the head of an advancing German horseman. Okay. The man's body is promptly and unceremoniously buried, a brutal end to his tale, but the beginning of another. Uh-huh. It's said the ghost of the man I, searches the yeah. battle site for his shattered skull, taking any that he can find, even if they might still be attached to a living body. Have we just gone to Sleepy Hollow? <laughs> Maybe. This is a Dutch settlement that we're talking about. The most famous encounter happens late one night as a school teacher, Mr. Crane, <laughs> is riding home from a party. Riding home from a party. Passing by a local haunt, the hanging tree, Ugh. Crane spots a shadowed figure also on horseback and extends a greeting. Good day, sir. It's night. Good night, sir. The figure doesn't respond, but begins to follow the teacher. That's just friggin' rude. Unperturbed at first, the teacher picks up pace to outride the stranger, but the horseman behind him does the same. 
Thinking to lag behind, Mr. Crane slopes his horse down to allow the rider to pass, but the rider does the same. Oh my god. <clears throat> Becoming a bit concerned, the hour in the dark getting to him, Crane turns to address the stranger, only to see that the man has no head on his shoulders, but a pumpkin with a wicked grin on the saddle's pommel. Mr. Crane urges his horse forward at a breakneck pace, but the headless rider gives chase, and in the end, Mr. Crane's horse returns to town without a rider. After a search by his pupils and neighbors, all that turns up is the teacher's hat and a smashed pumpkin. Yeah, I knew that. Way. I knew that. That's where that was going. Wait. So wait a minute. Mm. So if okay, okay. Listen, listen, listen. Yes. If all that turned up was the teacher's hat teacher who's obviously anonymous no one's ever heard of mm-hmm, no. and a smashed pumpkin yeah how do how does anyone know about that whole intervening uh part you know with the speeding up slowing down oh because the horse said so oh, okay yeah yeah okay i mean all they found was that but they they learned the story later from the horse who was like boy do i have a story for you because it was the horse from over the garden wall exactly yeah and he was like i want to steal <laughs> Um, okay, wait a minute. Okay, so obviously I, I know that story from Sleepy Hollow, and um, it's the mixture of hilarious and terrifying and that great uh, Johnny Depp movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that, like, actually a folktale? Yes. It is? But the beginning story is true. What about, like, the, about the, the soldier? Who yeah, gets his head about shot? the Battle of White Plains. Right. And then, and then the following tale about like the headless horseman is has developed from that. Well, Irving Washington Irving wrote the tale, right? But he developed it from the lore of the region, right? There wasn't there wasn't necessarily a tale of a, a headless horseman before then. Yeah. But he took uh, information about the battle, right, and see. the fact that people's heads had been blown off, and created the lore. That's really interesting. And, I mean, the headless horsemen are... There are lots of them through history. I think in in, in Celtic uh, stories, the headless horseman is often, like, the harbinger of death. And he rides, like, a black stallion and... I mean, obviously, because they're the most badass-looking of the stallions. (laughs) I mean, that's not to say anything about, like, you know, Shadowfax. That's... That was a white stallion and he looked great, you know? Lord of the Rings... Right. Gandalf. I do like that stallion. Yeah. I love a big, beautiful white horse. But something that I really like about this... Oh. Yeah. Something I really like about this tale is that uh, being headless is... It's quite permanent, you know? And we had this conversation briefly over dinner. Yes, we did. Where for a long time, beheading was thought to be a humane method of execution. And so it was reserved for kings and queens, and the peasantry was left to hang. But despite the fact that it was thought to be humane, it was also a very purposeful, brutal exercise of domination. So the reason that you would cut a king's head off was, yeah, you thought it was humane and he deserved to have a humane death, but you were also saying, you're dead. You're truly and utterly dead. I've literally removed your head from your body. There's nothing that you could possibly do. So the fact that a headless corpse can reanimate is a very frightening idea. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be the most dead. They don't have their brain any longer. They're not supposed to have the thing that makes them possible. Yeah. And yet they're able to walk around. And and steal and kill school teachers and ride horses. Right. So... Not, not only are they walking around, but they're highly mobile. Mm-hmm. You know, 
It is funny because we literally did have this conversation just the other night after drinks, you know, after dinner drinks. Yep. When you talked about Sir Sir Gawain. Gawain. I like it better, Gawain. Gawain. Gawain and the Green Knight, right? Gawain and the Green Knight, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we just casually talk about things like beheadings just, yeah, over drinks. That's what we do. Yeah, I mean, what else we meant to talk about? Like, I don't know, celebrities? No. Well, this is a celebrity, and I mean, Washington Irving, I'm sure, was very sexy. I'm sure he could get it. Uh, yeah. I, sure. I have one more. One more bachelor. Hit me. So the origin of our final bachelor may be traced to a Jewish text mm-hmm. by Rabbi Yohanan from 436 that described a special plant that would grow lambs. 436 AD? Mm-hmm. It would grow... Lambs. Lambs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Its flesh was tender and its blood sweet as honey, but it Wait, was the difficult. Lamb? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it was difficult to harvest, and it required a special spear or dart to sever it from the tendril that rooted it into the ground. Uh huh. Although, when found later in life, it grew a whole lamb, it had an infancy stage in which the plant produced soft bundles of wool that were pure white. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. This version was noted by Alexander the Great's officer Nearchus who, upon his invasion of India, noted that the locals wore garments made from the wool of lambs that grew on trees. <clears throat> D- yeah, yeah. Is this cotton? Sounds a lot like cotton, It sounds it? a lot like cotton, <laughs> I just have, I have to say. Some of the popularity of this creature may be thanks to a writer and supposed traveler slash knight, Sir John Mandeville, one of the most well-known travelers during the Middle Ages. <laughs> Is this the guy who was like, I've been everywhere. Yes. I had asked if you had, if you knew him because I wasn't sure how much to say. His works haven't held up over time. Shocking. Shocking. (laughs) Not only because many of the lands he claimed to have been to don't exist, but because (laughs) some of the descriptions of things he written may have had added literary flourish. Mm. You mean medieval people when they're writing adding literary flourish? You mean people would just lie and You mean write people something? in general just writing adding literary flourish? No. Gosh, perish well, the thought. Regardless, he said that the lamb came from Tatari, which I, now I think is like Mongolia, Russia, it's somewhere in that region, and lived on a stalk that stuck straight up from the ground. Mm-hmm. It would graze on the grass around it until there was nothing, nothing left and then it would die. That's miserable. Yes. That is, that is miserable. This conflated with another myth that was circulating around the same time that each pod had a mini lamb sprouting from it. And so it's believed that as the decades kind of wore on, these two myths became one, one being the first stage and the other being the second stage. In the coming centuries, people would begin to doubt the legend Mm-hmm. And in fact, one famous dissenter pointed out that the soil would never be warm enough to sustain a lamb during its <laughs> embryonic development. <laughs> yes, science! <laughs> we now believe that there are two possible explanations for the mistaken lamb plant. One is a fern from China that has fuzz at the base of the stalk where it sprouts Uh from the ground. And it kind of looks like a small inner animal that's being born. I have a picture of it. And then the second explanation is cotton. cotton. Yeah. Shocking. (laughs) It was believed... I don't know that this was entirely true true i had read in one source that they're like medieval people didn't know about cotton and it's like you mean you mean europeans you mean medieval european people didn't know about cotton they only knew about wool 
And so if something was made out of what looked like little white wool. Right, exactly. They were probably like, it must come from a very small white sheep. Well, exactly. I mean, that's the only logical explanation. So here's the fern from, from China. So what's the, which like is the right fairy here. part? Oh, here, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I actually, it was difficult to find a picture of the fern that was of the f- full fern because a lot of the pictures are like just of the fuzzy root. Yeah. Which doesn't, you have to like see it on the fern. Right. Those are a bachelor's. What, you're not going to show me a picture of a cotton plant? Uh, I think you can figure it out. <laughs> well, 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 well. Um, okay, remind me, remind me again, so it was the suction cup thorn guy. Suction cup thorn guy. And then, oh, and then the, the headless horseman from, from Sleepy Hollow. Mm -hmm. And then a plant that may or may not grow tiny little sheep that, whose blood is as sweet as honey. Yep. Well, first of all, I'm a vegetarian. I ain't going to be tasting none of that lamb blood. (laughs) So I'm gonna say no to patch number three. Okay. Um. So I mean, uh, hmm, I think it's gonna have to be batch number one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the West Virginia vegetable man. The West Virginia vegetable man. Goodness. I don't like that. Yeah, he's kind of spooky. But that's. Who drew this? An eight-year-old? I don't know. <laughs> I was imagining him, imagining him to be much more like a dryad. Yeah. Um, that's what I thought as well. Yeah. The drawing, it kind of just looks like a very skinny tree. Yeah, really. like a tree, like a, like a, um, like a, uh, what's, what's it called when you make things like human, um, you know. Humanoid? No, like a, um. Like, not anamorphic, what's the... Ah, it's just like a tree with arms. Yes. It's an arm. arm, arm. Oh, yeah, uh, anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic, yeah. yeah, there we go. Um, But, like, thing is, he didn't kill the guy. No, he just sucked his blood. He just sucked some of his blood and then was like, bye, bye. see you later. And was like, we know about you. So, obviously... Pretty, 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 uh, pretty out there guy. Maybe well traveled. Mm-hmm. Uh, likes the woods. I like the woods. He may be an alien. You know, could be an alien. I like aliens. Yeah. You like aliens. Mm-hmm. Didn't kill the guy, which is always, always a good uh, sign. It's always, it's always a good sign when you know when we do this podcast and I choose choose a choose a date. Usually, if they're not murderous, that's one of my favorite things. Um, although the stabbing in general, I mean... Uh, you didn't ask. You didn't yeah. ask, so it is a little unconsenting. Right. But, like, you know, with the second one, that is just straight-up death and being stalked through the night, and that fills me with fear. The Headless Horseman. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's a great photo. It's a, it's a great... Yeah, thank you. I took it myself. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like this story. It is a great story. I just don't want to smooch pumpkin face. I read it, though, and I have to say, um, why do people from that era write like that? What do you mean? <laughs> it's just, it's such a weird writing style. It's like when, it's like when a 14-year-old writes her very first fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never done that. And she, she just uses a thesaurus for everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You heard it here. 
I'm saying that canonical American literature sounds like when a 14-year-old teenager, a 14-year-old teenage girl, writes her very first fan fiction of being rawed by someone from One Direction. Stop. Yes, the, I'm saying that. Stop it. I'm going to grad school to, <laughs> for literary studies, and I will stand by my assertion. <laughs> Can that be like what you write your 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 masters about? <laughs> about how like these classical authors are just like fourteen year old fangirls? I love it. Some people say classic literature is dead. I say it's on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> See, perfect. I love it. And and bachelor number three is the vegetable lamb. The the vegetable lamb. Mm-hmm. Cause he grew out of the ground like a vegetable. Wow. Whoa. I have questions. Yes, what kind of questions? Okay, this this one, this one on the left makes sense because it's like, it's a plant and the lambs are emerging from the flowers as like fruit does. Yeah, you know? exactly. Now the one on the right mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a little more interesting mm-hmm. because it's like it, it like the plant grew up and then and then the sheep grew on top of it so it's like it's almost like the plant is its umbilical cord it, that's exactly what it is like firmly yeah it's a little flexible though ground. so it can kind of move so so it can like lean eat, forward yeah. and rah, yeah and turn a little bit yeah until it's eating all the grass around it and then it just starves to death yeah this is grim as it's hell. just it's it, that's just the life cycle of the vegetable lamb yeah sure sure I, I mean, I prefer... You're born, you're born, and then you eat, and then you die. I mean, isn't that the life cycle That's of everything? Exactly, exactly. Jeez. Okay, I'm gonna go with, what was the, what was his name? The vegetable... The vegetable man. The yeah. The West Virginia vegetable man. I, I like the West Virginia vegetable man. I mean, I gotta say, like, you know, he's probably the sexiest of a pretty unsexy bunch, so... I'd know it. I, I, no, I mean, the head of yeah. is pretty sexy. I was gonna say... Also, he can have any kind of head thing. that he wants, if you think about it. That's true. Wait, he just John has Berthold. to steal it. He got John, Ber- but he would have to kill John Bernthal. Right. And we know that that's not possible. Right. Counter I've theory. Punisher. John Bernthal is the headless horseman already. Have you ever seen the two of them in the room together? No. No, I haven't. It's true. So well, John Bernthal, prove prove to us that you're not the headless horseman. Yeah. Yeah. Prove it. Prove it with, with. Uh... Take a picture of you next to a pumpkin. <laughs> Because if if he goes near a pumpkin, they have to use it as their head. What's what 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 was the logic behind that? We'll just see if it looks like this photo I took. Oh, I see yeah, that. We'll see <laughs> <laughs> like the flaming pumpkin, I love it. Yeah. See if there's any resemblance. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for this trip down vegetable lane. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. I, hope you, I hope you had a good time. I hope you had a good time too, and you realize that you can't trick me. Anytime, anytime I put up a poll, I have things planned for... Right. Okay? You can't trick me. No, she's untrickable. She's unshakable. But also, I had already wanted to do the Headless Horseman, and so I was going to work him into whatever answer. <laughs> whatever you chose. <laughs> he's all of them. He's an animal, he's a plant, he's an other... Mm, I don't know how if I could get mineral to work. I would find a way. He's salty. Can you say that spirits are minerals? I don't or are know. they others? I would say other, personally. So a mineral would be like a rock, a diamond. Those are the only two minerals that I can think of personally off the top of my head. Mineral, minerals just makes me think of like salt, salt. blocks, you yeah. know, that like deers lick. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We are at Monster Crushing. 
Got it. What was that? It was a hair. Um, and please leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah. And Spotify. And Spotify. Because we're now on Spotify. I don't know if you can leave reviews on Spotify. But you can certainly listen. But you can definitely press that heart button in the upper corner of Spotify. Yeah, boy. You can heart press us. That, press that heart button hard. And we're still doing our giveaway. It ends February 14th. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. So go to our Twitter page, follow us. Retweet would, that tweet. It would be nice if you followed us even after the giveaway ended. Yeah, that would be cool if too, it was like man. A yeah, thing, like you, if you, you want to like stick around, but, you know, whatever you do, you it's all. I'm yeah, I'm just gonna. Yeah, just and now this. listen to this clip. To those emboldened by the bizarre or fascinated by the freakish, I'm Orion Lavelle. And I'm Travis Mattingly. And together we host Tooth and Nail, a monstrous podcast. Where we analyze the creatures that haunt your favorite games and stories. Find Tooth and Nail at nerdsmith.org. Keep fighting. Bye! Bye!